Welcome to the teaching ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California. Join our pastors as they share biblical principles of God's transforming grace so that you may learn God's word in order to live God's way. We are going to be in Matthew 28 today. We're continuing our series called Follow, Making Disciple, Making Disciples. And today we're going to talk about how we do that. So as you're turning to Matthew 28, uh, I just want to remind you out of Psalm 126, I read it this morning. It says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And that is the hope of the gospel, is that God does good things for us because of his son, Jesus Christ. So I was delighted to read that again. And our prayer is to make disciple, making disciples of every nation so that the nations can say he has done great things for us. We're also going to be in uh, Romans 1 for a bit and Colossians 1 if you want to put a little... uh, bookmark in your Bible there. Let's uh, pray before we begin. Father, thank you so much that you have done great things for us, and we know that is only possible because of the gospel message, because of your Son, Jesus Christ, and because of your Spirit's work in opening our blind eyes and raising us up from the deadness of our sins. So we thank you for the great gospel work that you have done here at Grace in many of our lives and the great gospel work that you are continuing to do as we are all continuing to follow your son, Jesus. Would you help me now, Father, to to preach and to teach your word? Would you help us to see wonderful things out of your law this morning? Hide your word in our heart that we may not sin against you and help us to become a church who takes discipleship seriously because your son told us to. In his name we pray. Amen. Our new mission statement, which we looked at last week, is this. We exist to ignite a passion in every person to glorify and enjoy God everywhere and in everything. And that mission statement, as we keep it before us, is what will remind us that we are to be about the task of making disciple-making disciples. But as we talk about discipleship, we need to start at the very beginning and and ask the question, what is a disciple? A disciple is simply a student or a pupil or uh, a, a follower of Jesus. He is our teacher, and so we are following him, seeking to obey all that he has commanded, and we're seeking to teach what he revealed in his word. So that's what a disciple is. It's someone who follow Jesus, follows Jesus. What is discipleship? That's the process of following Jesus. Typically, though, we see discipleship so many times as this one-on-one mentoring relationship where you have a seasoned, mature Christian believer who takes a newcomer to the faith under their wings and kind of shows them the ropes. And that's typically what we think about when we think about discipleship. It's more of a mentoring process. And and it is that, and it needs to be that. And we've been talking about that for several months now. We want people to be discipled by other people in a one-on-one mentoring relationship. We need that. And that is one of the ways that we disciple people. We encourage that here. In fact, we have a new discipleship program. Some of you are going through the walk 
steps for new and renewed followers of Jesus. Some of you are being discipled by someone as you walk through this material. Some of you are taking people through it. And that's a great thing that we've started. Here's our first step of discipleship. After that, we are asking people if they want to continue to go to stage two, which is the gospel-centered life. How the gospel shapes every aspect of our life and our being as disciples. And then the third one, oh, it's right here in my hand. Kept reaching underneath there, is uh, 20 basics every Christian should know, Christian beliefs. So that's kind of the process that we've started here. If you want to find out more about that, please email me or call the church office. A lot of that is going to take place in one-on-one sort of mentoring relationship. We encourage that. Some of this you can do in your small groups. You can do in your Bible studies. You can do in your Sunday school class. We want that classroom setting as well. There's another element of discipleship. You have the one-on-one. Then you also have a classroom setting or a small group or Bible study. We think discipleship should happen there as well. In fact, this fall, we're going to launch what we're calling Grace Seminary, where at different times with different topics, we're going to be uh, teaching things in a classroom setting, teaching some of the material that I just showed you, teaching classes on how to study the Bible, systematic theology, and you know things like that. So we, we want that one-on-one. We want the Bible study, small group, Sunday school, Grace Seminary things to happen. We need all of that. But is that all there is to discipleship? Because if it's just a one-on-one mentoring, some of us have never even been on either end of that. And if that's what discipleship is, then some of us would say, I've never discipled anyone and I've never been discipled in a one-on-one. So if that's only discipleship, some of us aren't very good disciples, are we? And if it's just a classroom setting, some of us do that. But if if discipleship is only classroom, Bible study, small group, some of us aren't involved in that in any way. So what kind of disciples are we? So it's both of those things, but there's a third element that I want to talk about today. Besides the one-on-one, besides the classroom, small group, Bible study, Sunday school setting, discipleship has to be more than those things because we are very busy people, aren't we? And our schedules are booked solid right up to our death. And if this is all discipleship is, then we're in a world of trouble because it's hard to find time to spend Uh, time with someone one-on-one in discipleship. It's hard to make time for the small group or the Bible study. We're in a world of hurt if that is all there is to discipleship. There's another element that I want to bring in, and it's so simple we can all be involved. Look again at Matthew 28, and let's look at Jesus' words, and then we'll talk about this other element of discipleship. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, the context here is that Jesus has lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He's about to ascend to the Father. And he gives what, what is called the Great Commission to, his, to the, the 11 disciples, to go and make disciples of all nations. They do that by going. They do that by making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey Scripture. So there's this going element, there's baptizing, and there's teaching. 
That's what the church is to be about. The great task that Grace Baptist is to be about is making disciple, making disciples. That should be our focus every day. When we wake up, we should be thinking, Jesus told me personally in Matthew 28 that I am to be busy about the process and the task of making disciples. It's what every ministry here at Grace, it's the funnel through which every ministry here at Grace should go through is that we are making disciples who know how to make disciples. So through Awana, youth group, your Bible studies, small groups, when you sing, when you give financially, when you pray, when you support missionaries, when you share the gospel, we do all of these things because we want to be about the task of making disciples, making disciples. But right now, for some of you, two questions should arise in your mind. How in the world do you do that? How do you make disciple-making disciples? And another bigger question maybe is, what if I'm scared or don't feel confident to make disciples? We're going to answer one of the hows of how we make discipleship through this sermon. We've already talked about one of them is one-on-one. One of them is a classroom, small group, Sunday school setting. We're going to talk about the other how in the sermon. But before we answer the how, I need to answer for some of you the question, what if I'm scared or don't feel confident? Because if I don't relieve that fear immediately, you won't hear anything I say in the sermon. So I want to alleviate the fear of what if I'm scared and don't know how to do it. I'm going to answer that for you right now so you can go, oh, thank you, Pastor Benji. Now you can tell me how to do it. Here is how we answer the question. What if I'm scared or don't feel confident? Look at verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you're scared or don't feel confident in making disciple making disciples, guess what? When you do it, Jesus is with you. Jesus is your greatest supporter as you take off in the adventure of making disciples. So that should put a spring in your step. That I can do this because Jesus said he was with me. He told me to do it. He said he was going to be with me. He says he has all authority in heaven. I can make disciple making disciples by the grace of God. In addition, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, which you're a believer, you have So Jesus is with you and the Spirit is with you and we know that the Father is with you so the whole Trinity is with you as you make disciple-making disciples. So now some of you should say, ah, thank you. Now I can do it. Are you ready for the how? I don't want to make light of that because, you know, it, it, it can be difficult. And it, it, it takes you trusting the Lord, okay? I'm not saying it's an easy process. But you should feel good that Jesus is with you. That, that's an amen kind of statement there. Or in Texas, a, a yee-haw you know, get one of those. So now that your fears are relieved, let's find out how we make disciple-making disciples. Understand this, discipleship is a community project. We are all to be discipling one another. We are all to call upon one another to follow Jesus and to obey his commandments. We are all to be discipling one another. Really, Pastor Benji? I'm supposed to be discipling everyone here? Yes. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Here's our big idea for today. Making disciple-making disciples is a daily process of relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. Making disciple-making disciples is a daily process where you rely upon the Spirit of God 
As you pray for other people and as you share the gospel with them. That's it. That's discipleship. It's that simple. That's what discipleship is. Everyone can be involved in the task of making disciple, making disciples, because all of us can say, I need your spirit, Father, help me. I will pray for this person and share the gospel with them. So let's unpack it first. Relying on the spirit, that just means that we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit that we must recognize our utter dependence upon the third person of the Trinity if we're ever to make disciple-making disciples. We must rely upon his strength. We must ask him to help us because honestly, we're pretty selfish with our time, aren't we? All of us are. So we say, God, you've got to change my heart to help me. want to spend time with people or, or as I have a conversation with someone to encourage them. So we must rely upon the Spirit, but also discipleship involves praying for one another. As we realize our inadequacy to make disciples, it causes us to pray for ourselves, and it causes us to pray for other people. Now, I'm going to put all of that together in just a moment, okay? So we're just kind of breezing through it here. So relying on the Spirit, praying for one another... And as we pray for one another, we want to be praying that God's word gets impressed upon our heart, that that we believe the gospel as we rehearse the gospel with one another. It's what we want to pray as we begin this process. The third part is this, and I'm going to tie it all together for you. Making disciples, making disciples also involves sharing the gospel. This is twofold, sharing the gospel with unbelievers, people who have never repented and trusted in Jesus Christ, sharing the good news that that God wants a relationship with them, but they can't come to him because of their sin, and that God remedied that situation by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to die a perfect death, to be raised from the dead. And as they turn from their sins and trust in the gospel message, they move from being an unbeliever to a believer. But the second aspect of that is that the gospel is for believers. We've been talking about this as we go through, as we've gone through Philippians. The gospel becomes the center of a disciple's life, which is what stage two of our discipleship program is about. It's called the gospel-centered life. How does the gospel help a believer live his or her life for God's glory? So the, the gospel is for unbelievers, but once You trust in Christ as a Christian, you live your daily life dependent on the gospel. You go further and deeper into its truths. Disciples believe the gospel, they experience conversion, and then we begin to live in sync with the gospel as we continue to grow in it. Let me show you out of Colossians 1 where Paul does this gospel sharing. He's talking about what's happening in the Colossians' life. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says in verse 3, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. 
So Paul writes to the Colossians, he says, we've heard about your faith. Epaphras shared the gospel with you. You became believers, and now the gospel's spreading all around the world. But Paul says, it's been bearing fruit and increasing and growing in your life. They heard the gospel message of God's grace, and they didn't say, this is Christianity 101. I believe Jesus died for me to bring me to God, and now I move on to other things. Paul said the gospel began to grow and increase in their life. They were growing in the gospel. Let me give you one small example here of how growing in the gospel or how you need the gospel every day as a believer. When you feel condemned because of your sin and you feel so guilty and you think there's no way I can come into God presence now because i'm such a wretch anybody ever feel like that okay what do you do in that moment you either believe that lie or you do what we saw in philippians you rehearse the gospel you preach the gospel to yourself and you go to a passage like romans 8 1 that says there is therefore now no what condemnation for those who are in christ jesus that is the gospel message so you rehearse that and you preach that to yourself until your heart begins to believe it again That's what it means to grow in the gospel so that as you start feeling this way, you're quicker to respond with God's word and say, no, yeah, yeah, you're right, Satan. I did blow it big time yesterday. But because of Jesus and his performance and not my performance, I'm blameless in God's eyes right now. There is no condemnation. That's how a believer takes the gospel. See, people say, oh, the gospel, I mean, that's just 101, and we go into deeper things. That's a deep enough pool for me to swim in the rest of my life. I don't need to go into bigger and deeper things. I just need to go deeper down into the gospel message, which is what Paul says was happening in uh, the city of Colossae in the church there. This growing in the gospel. We share it with unbelievers and then we preach it to ourselves or we share it with other believers. One of the ways... that we're going to start sharing the gospel with one another here and praying that God impresses his word upon our hearts is tomorrow morning we're going to start rolling out a daily uh, email devotional called The Vine. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, let my my words abide in you. So we're starting a new daily email devotional that'll go out Monday through Friday. Uh, A little caveat here for that, sometimes we may not send it, so don't email us and yell at us. Sometimes there may be typos, okay? We may misspell a word. Don't call me and say, you put a semicolon there and it should have been this. Okay, we're going to make mistakes, but we want to put the little devotionals in your email inbox every day because I understand there's days when you may not read God's word before you rush out the door to work. And if you're able to check your phone, your email on your phone or in your workplace, and maybe there's a little devotional that just kind of redirects your mind coming back to God's word. So the staff and leadership are going to write some of those. We're going to use other pastors and theologians. You can look in your bulletin and sign up for it. There's a little information there. If you already get our newsletter, Walking in Grace, then you're going to get the vine automatically. So you don't need to sign up. If you get the the newsletter that comes out every Thursday, you're going to get the vine every morning in your mailbox. So that's just one of the ways that we want to get God's word into your life, into our lives, so that we can keep it before us and let the gospel continue to bear fruit in our lives. Making disciple, making disciples is a daily process of relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. And that's why we want to send out emails daily to you. Because it's a daily process. Because the other two models of discipleship, 
one-on-one and classroom setting usually happen weekly or bi-weekly, don't they? But we're learning today that for us to live together as a community, discipleship is a daily process where we rely on the Spirit, we pray for one another, and we share the gospel. Let me show you how Paul did this in Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, Paul talks about sharing the gospel with the Roman church who are already believers. And in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 8, notice the themes, how Paul talks about the Spirit here, the praying and sharing the gospel here. Paul models this for us in Romans eight, uh, Romans 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. See, Paul, he models this picture of discipleship for us he serves god with his spirit he wants to impart some spiritual gift without ceasing he always mentions the roman church in his prayers and he says he wants to impart a gift and strengthen the roman church and to be strengthened by them and he wants to reap a harvest and preach the gospel to the roman church so paul knew we're to be discipling one another i want to show up and share some gospel truth with you impart a gift to you a spiritual gift to strengthen you and i want you to do the same and i'm praying for you and i know you're praying for me and so this discipleship process is going back and forth between paul and the roman church And it should be happening here on a daily basis with us. Making disciple, making disciples is a daily process of relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. Now, practically, what does this look like? I think this is where we'll see, if we we embrace this truth, I think this is where we'll see like a seismic shift in how we do ministry here at Grace. I think... All of us who are believers here can and should be involved in the discipleship process. And it may take the form of a one-on-one mentoring relationship. We want that to happen. It may happen as a handful of people are meeting together at Starbucks and talking about God's word. It may happen in small groups, in Bible studies, in prayer meetings, in hearing the preaching and teaching of God's word. It may happen in Sunday school, in youth group, and Awana. It may happen in Grace Seminary, which will start in the fall. It'll happen in all of those things as we do them together in community. But more often than not, it will happen as we have daily conversations with one another. That's where discipleship really happens in a church body. Most discipleship will happen every day as we interact with each other. Parents with their children children with their parents i'll explain some more of that in a minute 
on Facebook as you encourage one another through emails, phone calls, running into one another at the grocery store. As you interact with other people, you can be involved in the process of calling them to follow Jesus. For instance, what would it look like to make disciple-making disciples here as two people were talking over coffee right before church? One person might mention something that they're struggling with. You know, maybe it's lust or worry about something happened in their job place. The other person, regardless of how old or new of a disciple they are, can encourage the other person with scripture and then pray for them. It's that simple. So two guys are drinking coffee out here. I'm worried about my job. They're laying off people at work. And then this guy over here says, you know what? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me pray that you would be able, by the Spirit of God, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not to lean on your own understanding and try to figure out. And so he prays and he shares God's word. He shares the good news of the gospel in that moment. That's disciple-making disciples right there. Isn't that easy? Can't we do that? But the person who is going to pray and share the gospel and share God's word with the other person must rely on the spirit to empower them to disciple the other person in that moment. Why does this person who's going to do the sharing and the praying need to rely on the spirit? Because we may not want to disciple them in that moment. We may be afraid. We may think, oh, this guy's going to think that I'm Mr. Spiritual and I offer to pray for him and share God's word like I have it all together. So this person needs to say, Help me, Lord. Give me your spirit. Empower me by your spirit to not worry about what this guy thinks. Empower me. Give me a heart to love this man and care for him and share God's word for him. So this person needs to be dependent on the spirit. In that moment, you rely on the spirit to empower you to share a scriptural passage or a gospel promise, and then you pray for the person to believe and respond in gospel obedience by the Spirit's power. Making disciple, making disciples is a daily process of relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. And I got to admit, I am trying to work on this in my life because it's so much easier to talk about other things. Oh, what happened at UFC 145 last night? It's so much easier for me to talk about that than to talk about the God I love. And so I must be dependent on the Spirit. Isn't it easier just to talk about movies and sports And it's so hard to talk about the God that we all love. And so we must rely on the Spirit and say, God, work this conversation in such a way that we can talk about you. I am telling you, pray for me so that I will do this more. I want to do it more. But what if you don't know that much Scripture? Ah, this will change how you listen to sermons. This will change how you... I didn't mean for that to be funny. (laughs) This will change how you read God's word. You will move from just being a hearer of God's word to being a speaker and a sharer of God's word so that you can make disciples. You become motivated to to learn God's word because you might encounter someone who needs a gospel promise. And that's why we put the fighter verses in our bulletin. We want you memorizing God's word. And I can't tell you how many times in my life or in God's sovereignty, that fighter verse was what I needed at some particular moment in the week or what somebody else needed. So... We interact with one another here, there, everywhere. We're making disciples, making disciples by relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. Let me say one quick word to those of you who are OCD. 
okay? The obsessive, compulsive people here, you will not be able to do this with every single person and every single conversation you have, okay? I am letting you OCD people off the hook, okay? Because you're going to hear this, and everywhere you go, you're going to try to do this. And, and I'm OCD, and so what it looked like with me is I come into the office, and I say, Hey, Donna, how you doing? As I was walking across the church parking lot, I saw the mountains over here, and it reminded me that Psalm 125 says that as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people forevermore. So let me pray for you that you believe that God is surrounding you right now. Amen. Oh, hey, Stephanie, I just want you to know that God's word says as I entered the sanctuary and entered the church here, I was reminded that we can enter the Lord's presence because Hebrew 4 says that Jesus is our great high priest. So let me pray for you to believe today that you can go into God's presence no matter what. Amen. And then I move down the hall and then there's Juno and Dan and everyone else. Okay. Some of us, you need to relax and we're not going to be able to do it with every person and in every conversation. But as we ask God to make us privy to how he's moving certain conversations, let's have our eyes open and our ears open to listen and say, let me hear, let me hear your heart here. And you're talking about work, but it sounds like you're stressed. Can I just pray for you and share God's word with you? I don't think that person is going to think that we are super spiritual in that moment. I've never thought that when somebody said, can I share some verse, a verse with you and pray for you? I've never thought, well, aren't you Mr. and Mrs. Spiritual? I said, please pray for me. I need it. So making disciple, making disciples can happen a myriad of ways. One of the best ways to use culture and technology today is on Facebook. And some of you do this well. You're encouraging one another. It's a great way to just, somebody puts a post out about something and you put a verse and say, I am praying this for you. Have you ever been on the receiving end of that where somebody says, I am praying this for you? Doesn't that feel great to know that someone is praying for you? Facebook is a great way to do it. Children can disciple their parents. Some of you have been waiting for me to answer this. How do children disciple their parents? If your child is a believer in Jesus Christ and they share God's word with you, they're not asking you to follow them. They're asking you to follow Jesus. I preached a series in Texas on the humanity of Christ, on, on the deity of Christ, on the incarnation. And I said, dads, when you're sitting there watching Sports Center on the couch and you're lazy and you're tired and your son comes up and says, dad... Will you be like the God-man Jesus Christ who gave up his rights? Will you give up your rights and go play with me? A week later, one of my boys does that. Relaxing on the couch, watching something I want to watch on TV, and he says, Dad, will you be like the God-man and give up your rights and come play with me? In that moment, he was a part of my discipleship process. He was calling me to respond to God's word and to follow Jesus. So your children can do this. You, you know what it's like if you have kids. Sometimes they say things out of God's word that's so convicting to you. Or maybe they say, Dad, can we read the Bible tonight? And you're like, ooh, we haven't done that in a couple nights. They're helping you in your discipleship process. You can disciple me, your pastor. You can send me an email and say, just wanted to share God's word. You can come in the office and, and pray for us. And call us to follow Jesus. Everybody can and should be discipling anybody regardless of who they are. So why are the barriers broken down in discipleship like this where everybody can disciple everybody? Because we are calling on each other to follow Jesus and not to follow us. Paul does tell people, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But he says, I'm imitating Christ. I want you to really imitate Christ. We're not calling people to follow us. Hey, follow me. Do, you know, 
Be like me. We're saying, no, be like Jesus. This is his sovereign word. I'm calling you, brother, to come along and conform your life to his word. Let me pray that you do that. So the real work of discipleship is people work, isn't it? We prayerfully share the gospel with one another in the power of the Spirit. We're not to be consumed with building buildings here. Sometimes you have to build buildings, and that's great. And we're experience, we've experienced that here. We're not here to be coming up with slick programs. We are in the people building business. We're to be about seeing disciples built up in their faith and to fo- calling them to follow Jesus. So that means, Grace, the jobs here and the places of service never really get filled, filled up because we are all disciples in need of the gospel. All the time, we're always in need of the gospel. We always need God's grace. We all need to grow more in the gospel, and that comes through spirit-empowered sharing of the gospel with one another. We may have a need for a nursery worker or an usher, and we do. Check the sheet right here. We have a lot of needs. We may have a need for a nursery worker or an usher, etc., but if that's all we think we need workers for, we will never make disciple-making disciples. We must move from the fill a position and then all bases are covered mentality to a there's always people to be served mentality. Moving away from the we fill a position and all the bases are covered. We've got to move away from that mentality to saying, there are always people here that need the gospel. There are always people here that need God's grace. We move from position filling and place-specific ministry to people serving. So if you come and you want to serve here and all the positions are filled, especially in the ministry that you want to serve in, if you come here and say, well, all the positions are filled and I especially want to be in that ministry and there's no place for me, then you'll think, well, there's no place for me to serve here at Grace. But if we are about people work, then there's never a limit to service because there's always people. And people need God's grace brought to them through prayer and through the word. People always need the gospel. Therefore, if you come to us and say, I want to serve here at Grace in this particular ministry, we may say to you, I'm sorry we don't have any particular openings in that ministry. But you see that man over there? He's struggling with something big time and he needs somebody to come alongside him and share the gospel and share God's word and pray for him. We don't have any openings in this ministry for you to serve, but here's a person that we know is struggling immensely in their life. Can you go and serve here at Grace by serving that brother or sister? There could come a day here where every single adult in this church is helping with Awana. Imagine that. Can you? And say we get a new family that comes in and says, we love Awana. We've been involved in Awana for 20 years. It's our passion. And we may have to look at them and say, This is going to sound weird, but every adult here in this church serves in Awana, and we don't have any more room. I'm sorry, it's your favorite ministry. We would love for you, and if an opening comes up, we'll let you serve there. But there's too many adults, and we need a lot of adults, don't we? Especially with those TNT boys, right? 
But we may say to them, but you know what? We know you love Awana. We appreciate that God's put that passion in your heart. But here's a couple that needs somebody to walk with them right now. Here's a lady who needs somebody to meet with her once a week and to call her every day and share God's word with her. That's how we make disciple-making disciples. Everyone here is always in a state of needing to grow in the gospel. Therefore, ministry here at Grace is limitless, limitless because there are always people to serve. This doesn't mean that there is no place for serving in a specific ministry. Do that. If you find the ministry that you love and there's an opening and a way for you to serve, go for it. If God's put that on your heart, go for that. But if the ministry that you want to serve in is all filled up, there's still somebody here that needs God's word and needs someone to pray for them. There's always someone here who needs gospel encouragement. And when people begin growing in the gospel like that, we'll look around one day and realize that, man, we are making disciple-making disciples. And if this becomes our focus, then I think for sure we can rest on Jesus' promise when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Making disciple-making disciples is a daily process of relying on the Spirit, praying for one another, and sharing the gospel. May God cause a seismic shift to happen here in how we view other people. May we begin to see all of us as sinful disciples in desperate need of God's grace. And may we day by day be empowered by the spirit to prayerfully share the gospel with one another for his glory. Let's pray. Father, what an amazing task you have given to us. And at times it seems so overwhelming, but Jesus said he would be with us always. And he has all authority in heaven and earth. And so there's no one else that I would want to be with me, God, as I try to live a life of making disciples, making disciples. Thank you for your spirit that you've given to us. We admit as a church body corporately, we are dependent upon your spirit. Would you help us in those moments when it's awkward and we don't want to share your word and we don't want to pray for people? Would you give us ears to, to listen to conversations and see them turn to where we can talk more openly and freely about you and less about sports and entertainment and culture? And God, may every single one of us here who is a disciple be passionate about making disciple-making disciples for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Our hope is that today's message empowers you by God's grace to live God's way. For more information, visit us online at gracebath.net. 